Welcome, Bears fans, once again to Bear Scat. I'm Thomas. I'm Jim. And we're here to say awful things about the Bears so you don't have to. <laughs> Even though you probably have been. You probably have been. Uh, before we get into that, just quick housekeeping note. Uh, last week I said we were planning to record on Mondays. After Tom and I talked about it a little more, we decided Wednesdays just work a little better. Just get, gives things a little bit more time. For, Power rankings. Yeah, for the dust to settle after this game's on Sunday. You can get Monday Night Football in. Power rankings get updated. You got a little bit more understanding of injuries and just a couple extra days for news to come out. So the plan's actually, from here on out, we're planning to do Wednesdays during the season. Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday. I hope that works for you. And if it doesn't, we're still doing it. So <laughs> that's that's the plan. Um all right, uh, let's talk about the Bears. <laughs> uh, Awful. Yeah, just uh, terrible. Like I, I, I think embarrassing. <laughs> I think the best way to put it is just complete failure at every level of the organization. I mean, the coaching was terrible. The offense was terrible. The defense was terrible. The special teams were terrible. Just pretty much everything that could have gone wrong did and the bears just completely outclassed on their home field by the packers so very disappointing start to the season you, you don't want to overreact to one game and we're gonna try not to do that but that was about as disappointing as it gets and yeah i mean as is probably the best place to start we're gonna start talking about the quarterback and it was bad yeah i mean you know obviously all eyes are on him. I, I have always said, and I maintain, that the hardest job in the NFL is to be the quarterback for the Chicago Bears. Uh, the heritage uh, behind it um, and the history is obviously awful. Uh, and the pressure of being in the second largest or third largest media market in the, uh, in the United States... Uh, with a single team, um, there, there's, it's, it's a harsh, it's a harsh environment and you got to be mentally tough. One of the things I will give Cutler, uh, credit for was he was, uh, as far as, as far as that was concerned, he seemed to hold up pretty well. He just didn't, he just like didn't care at all. Yeah. yeah he just <laughs> didn't care. But, um, uh, you know, this time we're dealing with, a a player that's homegrown and we want to continue to have him develop. Um, you know, give the guy credit for immediately standing up and just saying, he said, I'm sorry to the fans. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I just think that's huge. Uh, I, I think that, I mean, obviously does that make up for everything? No, that's not what it was meant to do. He was just saying, you know, I know that this was disappointing and it's not acceptable. Yeah, it's not. And, they, they know it, and the fans let them know. I heard multiple players commenting on the fact that I think the fans were booing in the second quarter, so <laughs> that didn't take long. But, yeah, I, I think with Fields, leadership's never been the question. It's, it's, can he play the position? And I was really disappointed with the offense on Sunday. I, I really thought this offense was going to put up some points this year, and maybe they still will, but... When, when I was watching the game, it, it felt like it was just a very conservative game plan. It was a ton of checkdowns, a lot of those kind of bubble screens or sideways passes. And we were just sitting there watching the game like, what is this? But then, as you spend the next couple of days reading the Twitter reactions and reading the things that the quarterback and offense experts have to say as they break down the tape, you see that... Well, there actually were opportunities to push the ball down the field a little bit more, and Fields just didn't make the throw. So then the question becomes, does he not see those plays developing, or is he being coached to be taking the check down too early, or is he just not trusting the protection? And none of these are good answers, but right. it's got to get figured out quick. And I've seen a lot of criticism towards Getze. I've seen all the criticism towards Fields, I, obviously the line. It was all bad, yeah. and it's got to get better really fast because I really think that if this offense is terrible again, I think 
there we're going to be talking about a team that's going to be considering some serious changes and that's at the coaching level and that's also at the quarterback level because yeah. you know you just can't let this continue to happen for multiple years where there's opportunities to move the ball and to be explosive and they just don't happen so that was my big takeaway from the game especially on offense when we're talking about the quarterback it was all it was all terrible well uh yeah so um some you know some some stats of note uh the bears <laughs> averaged 4.13 yards on first down yeah. not good enough not close to being good enough and the thing is is that uh you know we had of course third down was awful yes i mean just in the dirt awful but you you can't have a good third down if you're doing that poorly on first down um the uh uh Khalil Herbert Roshan Johnson Deontay Foreman uh 19 carries for 63 yards uh that you know that can't happen um you know the uh, 37 pass attempts, four traveled more than 10 yards. How many times did we watch him pass behind the line of scrimmage? I I don't understand the strategy there. Uh, apparently, Flus came out today and said something along the lines of we. Maybe we played a little too conservative. Y'all think? Yeah, no kidding, right? I mean, we we made fun of the air yards thing in preseason (laughs) game. But I'm sure that the Bears' air yards were horrible because every pass went five yards or less for the most part. Yeah. There was the one big play that everyone had where DJ Moore was just wide open about 30 yards down the field and Fields takes a check down instead and a couple other plays not as egregious but still where there were guys open down the field and instead he checks it down and it's just like does he not see the guy that's wide open and if he doesn't then that's like Mitch Trubisky stuff yeah because that was the common thing with Mitch Trubisky where there's the guy wide open in the end zone and you can see on film that he's looking right at him and for whatever reason the ball doesn't come out so well, and and uh, in those in that same vein, we have to take into account that if you are being harassed in the backfield one or two seconds after you receive after you get the ball from center, you're going to get happy feet. I don't care who you are. It, it, when it starts happening on every single down, you're going to be looking for linemen about to squash you. Yeah. <laughs> and and that became an extremely prevalent problem. Oh, you know, probably in the second quarter it started getting really bad. Yeah, I mean, if we want to crush the offensive line, <laughs> nah, we can we can do that now too. It's just, and and you know that that's just I mean, that was just a fact. Yeah, it it, it is for sure. And that that was a big thing. I I think I can't remember who the analyst was, but the same play I was talking about with DJ Moore, they're like Pockets clean, the pockets clean, and I'm like, yeah, it is on this play. Yeah, but at this point of the game, right? There's already been several plays where the protection broke down well before it should, and so sure, you, you're going to have a clean pocket every now and then. But if the norm is that you're seeing pressure right away, that wrecks the game plan a little yeah. bit. And this offensive line was supposed to be better, and it was not on Sunday. I mean, we can we can go through it really quick. I thought. Darnell Wright was okay. I'm not gonna criticize him because it was his first game, and we him know. and Jones, I think, were the highest in metrics. Yeah, but their, even their metrics were pretty mediocre. Yeah, I think Wright was fine for his first game. We know tackles t- typically struggle early. Jones blocked okay, but he had four penalties. Yeah, that can't happen. And then the other three were just awful. Just awful. And. You know, so much for Davis uh, and his $30 million deal. Lucas Patrick, wow, should he even be playing in yeah. the NFL? I mean, we used to, we used to bitch about Mustafer. <laughs> Give me that guy back. Yeah, the only reason Davis wasn't the worst player on the field is because Lucas Patrick was out there. Exactly, exactly. You know, so uh, this, you and I were talking about this last week, and it was one of the things that I want to touch on, and it's just like, I I just don't understand the offensive line. Um, 
you know, a friend of the show, Matt, he was, uh, he, he was talking about the fact that, you know, uh, some, some people, I guess, have referred to polls as an offensive line guru. I don't, I don't know whether he's that, but I would certainly expect him to know what a good offensive lineman is. And when you compare him with all the rest of the GMs that we've had, simply because he is an offensive lineman, you know, actually Ian Cunningham, I guess, was an offensive lineman at some level too. Yeah. But, um, but the thing is, is that whatever they need to do to the offensive line to make it better, this is not the starting five that they had when they first started OTAs and, here we are in week one, and it's like thrown together. Well, and this is, Chris texted me something along these lines, too. These guys weren't out there during the preseason or training camp at all, really. Yeah. They weren't playing together. And look, I am sure that training camp is probably a little long. It, it probably doesn't need to be six weeks, but... Somewhere along the line, someone decided that in order to get ready for a football season, you need several weeks of practice. And the Bears had so many players that missed just a ton of time in in the preseason. That's practice time. That's preseason games. And is anybody ever going to be able to tell you whether or not that makes a a huge difference? No, you're never going to be able to prove it. But when you talk about Davis, when you talk about Patrick... Those are two guys that didn't really practice at all in the preseason, and they clearly weren't ready to go. And maybe that'll get better with time, and maybe in 10 weeks we won't even really remember this conversation, but they were not ready to go. And the Bears had a ton of guys that missed a ton of practice during the preseason that were not ready to go. So Nate Davis in particular, like I don't know what his deal's been, and I don't know what agreement they made with him when they signed him that you can practice or you can be out there when you want, but that should be off after that performance on Sunday because he was absolutely brutal, and I would be really it would be really hard to convince me that the fact that he just decided he wasn't going to practice all preseason had nothing to do with that. So. Yeah, this, uh, whatever, it's it's as you said, whatever took place in, in the offseason doesn't work. Don't do it again. Right. I mean, because they looked lost. Yeah. And, you know, that, that there is that, there's that still out there of all of the offensive linemen facing Justin Fields. There's something inherently wrong with that. Yeah. Not ready to go. And that's just a common theme. And the offensive line, I mean, I don't know what Davis's particular issue is. There's been some maybe suggestions that he had a personal issue going on and that's why he was missing practice. And I don't know. I hope he's okay. But if he's not ready to play, then somebody else needs to be out there. Whether that's Jatiree Carter or the guy they traded for from the Dolphins. I can't even remember. Yeah, Feeney. Like... You have other options, and if that's your best five that we were seeing on Sunday, then wow. you've done something horribly, horribly wrong. Like, yeah. like, this is year two of all this. This is not, we're tearing down the roster and we're trying to be bad on purpose. And if you were trying to be bad on purpose, you shouldn't have traded the number one overall pick. Yeah. You should have just kept that and drafted a better player because... That's 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 what that's something I've seen suggested as well. This is still year two of a rebuild, right? But then why are you trading the first overall pick for DJ Moore? Why are you signing Yannick Ngakwe? Like their actions suggest to me that they're at least trying to win some games this year. They're not gonna win the Super Bowl. Yeah. But this is supposed to look a lot better than it looked on Sunday. Now you know while um, I'm still gonna defend that trade, um, because I think I think it was a I good think, trade. Yeah. And I and we we've been on in agreement on that since since the beginning. Um, and I, I think getting DJ Moore is still huge for this team, even though he only got two looks on on uh, on Sunday, which by all accounts was stupidity. But um, you know, we also got what I think we still got a really really good offensive lineman out of that. Yep. It's the first time we've drafted. Um, 
a guy with a high draft pick for the offensive line in a really long time. And I, I think that kid is going to be good for us. But they have to do they have to do something to change this up. Yeah, and it's not going to get any easier this week. We'll get into Bears Bucks later, but the Bucks yeah. have a really good defensive line. Uh, one uh, here's another one. Um, uh, they ran the ball 14 times on first and 10. Uh, seven of those runs went for one yard or less. I mean, so um, guys, you know, coaches, if you're if you're if you're seeing that, that means that. Well, the defense is all stacked up there, and you got to do something to make them make them back off. That was a problem the whole day, and in the first half, Green Bay didn't realize how much of an advantage they had. In the second half, they adjusted and said, "You know what? We're just going to stack the entire team on there," yeah. and they did. And the Bears never called a design run. I don't, or sorry, they called one. It was that fourth down sneak on the first drive, which Yeah, which was probably the most worthless one of the entire game. But like to your point, at halftime the Bears had 6 points, I think. Yeah. So you could have gone to the locker room and said, "Look, our game plan is And that was after two turnovers. Yeah, it's like our game plan is not working. What do we know our quarterback does well and you we know that he's an explosive runner. Maybe let's dial up a, a, a a design run-up or two. I know we don't want him running as much as last year, but maybe if we can get him out into space and he can make something happen, maybe, like you said, the line backs off a little bit. Maybe they've got to adjust their defense a little bit, and then you open up more and the other you know, skill position players, right? So I, I just thought the game plan was terrible. I, I think the that... Co- um, that Comet uh, run? Oh. The Comet sneak... Um, they talked about it, and they're like, "Yeah, you know, we, we we wanted to try that because we did that last year. Yeah, it failed last year too, when well, they did it. Well, so, so, someone, what so, does that mean? Someone brought this up too. It's like that was your first trick play of the year. <laughs> like that—that's what you spent all of training camp installing. Is like, you know, what we're gonna do the first time we get third and one. <laughs> like, and by the way, Cole Komet. Break a tackle at some point, uh, man. Right, like that, that's gonna, you're huge. That's going to be the easiest guy to tackle in the NFL. That that play in the red zone where a guy kind of like grazed his ankle and he just fly. Like, come on, man. Yeah, yeah. like he, he was another one that didn't really do much of anything on Sunday. And while we're on the subject of <laughs> pass catchers that didn't do much on Sunday, oh my god, don't even say his name. Let's talk about Chase Claypool. Oh. So by now. Everyone's, I'm sure, seen the video from Mike Renner of all the plays where Chase Claypool just clearly wasn't bothering to give any sort of effort. Where he, where he pulled out his beach chair and his umbrella and decided to have a cool glass of lemonade. Look, if I'm, if I, so if I'm Ryan Poles, I go into the locker room and I find Chase Claypool on Sunday and I say, tomorrow morning, 6 a.m., my office, you and me, yeah. we're watching tape. Yeah. And I'm pulling that up. How does that work in any job? I'm just like, what what are you doing, man? Like, are you hurt? Are, yeah. Are, 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 is there something else going on off the field? Like, what is this? Yeah. Like, this, this is not NFL effort right here. No. And depending on what the answer to that, those questions are, in that meeting, like, everything's on the table, right? Like, I think at the very least he should be inactive against the Bucks. I, I, I think that that... Effort, At the very least. That effort can't be allowed to stand, especially with Matt Eberflus, whose entire philosophy is based on effort. Yeah. And I'm the coach that gets the little things right, and this is our hits principle. I mean, you, you can't allow that to go unpunished. And to me, calling him out in the film room isn't enough. Like, there's got to be actual accountability for that. And, you, you know... I don't know if that's going to work. Maybe that would just set Claypool off the deep end and, and that's it. But if that's it, that's it. Like you, you just, yeah. you, you can't allow that to go on. Who cares? Yeah. Hit the, hit the, hit the road, buddy. Yeah. Hit the bricks. I mean, so, uh, uh, one thing I did want to call out, um, I do feel like with how disastrous the rest of the game was, I actually felt like, um, Justin Fields played okay. Um, I mean, when I say that, what I'm saying is is that I don't feel like 
when I watched that game, that Fields was the core reason that they that they played so terribly. Uh, the lines were both of the defense, the defensive line and the offensive line were awful. Um, the other thing, the other person I wanted to call out is Roshan Johnson. Yeah. That guy has got some talent. The and, one player that played well. <laughs> yeah, and he 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 should be elevated. Uh, I think he should be the starter, and and Herbert is the complimentary. Yeah, I wouldn't hate it. I think that's um, fine. But uh, yeah, you, you you've got this. You as you said, you traded the number one overall pick, and the main components of that trade were uh, you know a second uh, a first round pick. Next year, a second round pick the year after that, and DJ Moore. And you don't go and get a Ferrari and then drive it at 35 miles per hour. Uh, you, you, you have to make use of the talent that guy has. And he even showed it in preseason, you know. Yeah. He outran an entire team for, a, what, a 60-yard touchdown hey, in the preseason you were, game. You were throwing your stupid screens to everyone else. Yeah, like it. Like the fact that he only had two targets is just ridiculous. And we were talking about the play where Fields missed him, so maybe he should have had a third one there. But like, how how were you not throwing the ball at him six, seven times by design? Eight. Yeah. Eight. eight you know, uh, uh, Biggs actually, I think, was the one that said it should be eight minimum. Okay, I agree, and I think that sounds right. Yeah, I mean, it, why wouldn't it? Yeah, like why would you trade for him if if you were gonna not use him? Yeah, like. The the game plan and that's the thing like you said Fields played okay I mean he had the one nice touchdown I, I don't think he was necessarily the biggest problem but that's what that's kind of along what I was trying like, to say the, the, the he game, wasn't the biggest problem the, the blocking was terrible and, <laughs> he and, wasn't the worst thing on the field oh no the game I mean just the game plan was bad everything was awful yeah like, th- there's really nothing I can point to that went well other than i i do agree roshan johnson showed some juice yeah um anyone else we need to crush on the offense before we go to the defense no all right <laughs> so the defense i i heard this apparently oh wait one more oh okay quit throwing the ball to kari blazing game i don't even know why we have that guy on our team all right we don't need a fullback i agree all right defense also terrible. <laughs> the, particularly the defensive line. Really terrible. Particularly the line, which we knew was a concern. So apparently this is either the worst or one of the worst pass, pass rush games in like the, the advanced stats era. So con- <laughs> congratulations to the Bears on that. They did have the one sack from Ngakwe. That was more of a coverage sack, I think, than anything. It's not like he really beat his guy that... Love held the ball for too long. The player that I have questions about is apparently Justin Jones had zero tackles. Like, <laughs> not not on the stat sheet. Like, remember that story about Justin Jones and he was going to sign with, I think, the Colts and Eberflus called him and yeah. said, you should sign with the Bears instead of any... Like, why did he make that phone call? <laughs> like, that's, that's the three technique in a... Cover two defense, the most important player on your defense. And if you looked at the box score, you wouldn't know that he played in the game. Uh, our our defensive line, I really thought... I, I wasn't expecting a miracle out of them. I just thought they would look better. And it was like they didn't change at all. Like, where was Demarcus Walker? Yeah. Where was... I mean, Ngakwe made a couple plays. All right. Billings, I think... Had a couple. None of them did anything except Ngakwe. It it looked the same. Yeah. To your point, like just no pressure at all. Like if you go back and watch the replay of the game. I mean, one of my favorite things from the from the preseason uh, was Zach Pickens getting uh, that that sack. Right. It was like it was like they were just like five guys or whatever. And those guys are young, Pickens and Dexter. So they've got to develop. But like in the second half, after the Mooney touchdown, Bears. Get some momentum back. Soldier Field kind of wakes back up. Bears get the Packers in third and long. And on that play, just love has all day to throw. Third and 12. Like he could have had a... And they get 14 Like he could have had his lazy boy back there. Yeah. And just had a nice sip of iced tea and (laughs) fired that ball down the field. Because the pocket protection was just insane. So Uh, Bears had love in third and six on... uh, 
four occasions and he completed passes of 30 yards, 18 yards, 16 yards, and 13 yards. Yeah, that's pretty rough. Packers converted nine of 16 third downs. Yeah, not good enough. That well, they were dead last in that last year, and they're still dead last. And so. that that comes back to pressure because if you give NFL quarterbacks all day, they're going to pick you apart. And yeah. the other thing that was also awful again, when you talk about the Packers making halftime adjustments, it was seven six at halftime, and then you know what they did in the second half? They just went back to running the ball. Yeah, because they were able to get six yards every time. It felt like, and the run defense is is still bad. The pass rush is still bad, so that leads me to believe the defense is still going to be bad again, which, again, is really frustrating when you think about the fact they had $100 million to spend this offseason or whatever it was. It it was very rough. And there were upgrades to be made. So, you know, again, I I don't want to overreact to one game. We've seen it before where sometimes teams come out week one and they're just not ready to go for whatever reason, and they bounce back. But it's really frustrating when you got a young team – that's in year two of this rebuild. Like it's it's not like a couple years ago when the Packers went out and just got blitzed by the Saints. When yeah. They, when they had a quarterback that won the MVP and a ton of veterans, and they just weren't ready to go for whatever reason, and then they ended up winning the or finishing first in the conference. Like this is supposed to be a young team that's excited and that's coached up and that's ready to go, and they they just weren't. Yeah. So. Okay. I don't know how much else I have on that game. Was- yeah, I think we I think we griped about it enough, but it was deserved. And uh, they um, one thing I also like to repeat is when it comes down to it, this is entertainment. And I say that this is my team, and Jim says this is my team because we pay for that team. That's what it comes down to. The fans, us, we pay for that. And that is not acceptable product. Well, Soldier Field was rocking, too. Yeah. Like, that place had some energy. Everybody was hyped for that. Yeah. Everybody, all of us were in a collective three-month wait for that game. You know, fans had been out in the lots at probably six in the morning. Like, (laughs) Soldier Field is juiced up. So, the fact that that was the performance... Is we all pay for that team, and that product is not, is substandard, and it's it's got to be better than that. Um, so uh, we're going to go ahead and move on to the next segment. Um, last week uh, we did our quarterback picks, and uh, so we're going to go ahead and uh, uh, talk about quickly review. Do you have the um, picks? Uh, how they played out. I'm waiting for my screen to okay, reset. So, I got it now. So We're just going to go off quarterback rating. I know it's not the perfect stat, but yeah. it gives you a glimpse. So Jordan Love had the highest quarterback rating <laughs> in, in, the, in the NFC, uh, followed by Desmond Ritter, Brock Purdy, Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr. Uh, you know, middle of the pack guys, Goff, Stafford, Hurts, Geno. Josh Dobbs, who we, I think, said was going to be the worst player this week. He wasn't the worst. He was 12th, I think. Yeah, he Uh, was still pretty far down there. (laughs) Justin Justin Fields was 12th in the NFC. And then bringing up the rear, Sam Howell, Dak Prescott, Bryce Young, and Daniel Jones. So if you think about how any of those quarterbacks played for the most part in week one, Justin Fields, not in good company. Um, You know, know, for for as bad as the uh, Bears got beat, at least they weren't the Giants. Yeah, the Bears. <laughs> the Bears only put out like the third most embarrassing performance in the NFL. This that, week, that's so. true. That's true. Congratulations to them. But I think, I mean, our our ratings. I, I think we both had Hertz at the top, and he ended up kind of middle of the pack. As did Goff. Cousins was the fifth. I mean, I, we. Did, I mean, Love, Ritter, Purdy. I mean, we had them lower, and they, they played pretty well. I mean, Love. We just talked about he didn't have much resistance. Ritter was 15 of 18, but he only threw for... uh, Like 100 and... Yeah, 115 yards, so... 115 yards. Yeah, so so not not exactly pushing the ball down the field there, but 
you know, we're, we're going to give it another week. We learned a lot in week one, so we're going to try to go through this a little more quickly this week just because we spent a long time on the game. But, yeah. Tom, do you want to just give your projections this yeah. week, 1 through 16? NFC? So, uh, here, here's my list. Uh, so, I'm going again with Jalen Hurts at the top um, uh, against the Vikings. Uh, he had a really good game last year against the Vikings. Um, and uh, I, I think he's going to have a, a, a really good day. Uh, my number two, Brock Purdy at the Rams. Uh, three, I am going with Jordan Love uh, at the Falcons. Uh, four, Jared Goff versus the Seahawks. Five, Baker Mayfield versus the Bears. <laughs> um, I know it's just, uh, you know, Mayfield actually played pretty well last week. Um, and uh, they're, they're playing at home and their offensive line actually played pretty well last week. So, He's got two decent receivers. Mike Evans had a really good, really good game. Uh, number six, uh, Vikings Cousins versus Eagles. I think I might have him a little too high. Uh, he had a pretty bad game the last time he played uh, the Eagles at Philadelphia. Through three picks is the way I remember it. Seahawks, uh, Geno Smith at Lions. Uh, then uh, eight is my Justin Fields at Bucks. Uh, nine. Carr versus the Panthers, 10, Prescott versus Jets, 11, Daniel Jones at the Cardinals. The Cardinals are still super awful. Uh, I, I like Daniel Jones to rush for a touchdown. Like uh, Stafford uh, versus the Niners, uh, Sam Howell at Broncos, Bryce Young versus the Saints. Bryce Young had an absolutely awful game. Um, Desmond Ritter versus the Cheese Balls. And then at the bottom again, Josh Dobbs. <laughs> yeah. So I'll go through mine quick, and then we'll do a bit a quick comparison. So our top two are the same. I had Hertz and Purdy, and then I went Goff, Carr, Love, Cousins, Stafford, Dak at nine. So first quarterback of the bottom half, I had yep. Fields, then Geno. Jones, Young, Ritter, Baker, Howell, Dobbs. So you're a lot higher on Baker than I am. But yep. I think in general we, we landed in a pretty similar spot. I mean, yeah, you, you put Love as number three. I've got him at number five. I mean, this is a good opportunity to talk about him, actually. I, I just I, – I know a Love's lot – Love's numbers were great. Yeah, he was good. And, yeah, he didn't make a ton of special throws, I didn't think. I mean, a, a lot of times he had a ton of time and he had receivers that were wide open – but he did what he had to do. I mean, he made the throws he needed to make, and he, he went on the road and blew out an NFL team in his first real start, like, as the guy, right? So yeah. did he... Without Christian right? uh, without Christian Watson, so... And certainly the Bears' defense had a lot to do with that. We just talked about how, oh, bad, yeah. how bad they were. But, I mean, you can't really ask for much more than that in his first start. He, he wasn't Aaron Rodgers out there, but he didn't need to be, so... I and agree. he's playing a terrible team again this weekend. Yeah, the Falcons' defense stinks, or we think it's going to, right? I mean, they beat the Panthers, but the Panthers are awful. Yeah. And their offense is awful. <laughs> so, <laughs> we'll see. I mean, J- Jordan Love's got to go down there. We'll talk a little bit more about that game. But, I I mean, he just walked into Soldier and was really good. So, yeah. I, I think that the Packer fans have to be excited about that. I mean, otherwise, I mean... I had Stafford a little higher than you. How about that? I mean, just... Yeah, uh, the thing I, I don't like um, this week is Stafford threw for a lot of yards, uh, but he didn't throw any touchdowns. Uh, I I don't like him against that front seven. Yeah. Uh, the Niners are really freaking good. Yeah, I mean, they just walked into Pittsburgh and crushed them. They league. just... They, it was like they were... The, the Steelers were a joke. Like, how often do you see that? No, you don't. Very often. Not a, not against Mike Tomlin. Um, that team is really good. Brock Purdy is playing like his hair is on fire. Uh, and he's got serious weapons around him. I mean, he... he Brandon Ayuk has been an unsung... Uh, part of that offense simply because he's right next to Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, he's like, the, and Kittle, right? Yeah, and Kittle. God, so, God, that team is good. <laughs> just as stacked. 
So, um, you know, and, and it's funny because they should be in in the crapper because they made such a huge mistake. Yeah, with, they, with, they screwed up a top three pick at but, quarterback. But, so, but they got redeemed because they, they took Brock Purdy as Mr. Irrelevant. So, so um, you know, uh, I, I think... Uh, I think Ayuk is going to be a secret sniper this year. So Yeah, I mean, just, wow. Kyle Shanahan, I mean, they should have listened to him when he said he wanted to draft Mac Jones because Mac Jones better arm than Brock Purdy, but Brock Purdy is just slinging it right now. And, yep. man, I mean, it's, it's an impressive group. And, yeah, I mean. The, and he plays smart. He, he seems to play very smart football. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's a lot to be said for that, yeah, you know. Yeah, not going to make mistakes. So, yeah. And, I mean, the fact that the Rams walked into Seattle and won, I mean, there, there should be alarm bells going off in Seattle. Yeah, I, huge. The, the Rams are still awful. Yeah, the Rams and, are awful. And the fact that the Seahawks couldn't move the ball against that defense, I mean, I, I think the 49ers are just going to crush The whole team week. is old. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, the, the Seahawks, I literally thought they were probably the probably the fourth best team in the, in the NFC. And, uh, you know, they, they, they did terrible. So they sure did. Um, they, they, they certainly, uh, have some embarrassment and you know, that was against a rival too at, and they were at home just like the bears. So, um, you know, you, they, they have a lot and they were supposed to be one of the best teams. Yeah. They've, they've got some, some things to answer to for that performance. Right. I mean, that just, Everyone thinks the Rams suck. So the fact that they went up there and won by multiple scores is not a good look for Seattle at all. I think that was even a worse performance than the Bears gave. And that's, In some ways. And, and that's pretty damn bad. Yeah. Uh, I, so um, we're on to, uh, that. that's a perfect lead into power rankings. Yeah, just real quick, one more thing on this. So we both had, you had Fields at 8, I had him at 9. Yeah. If, if it's bad again this week, he's going to keep sliding down. So yeah, um, let's hope. Let's hope not. I we're gonna get to the the next game. I I think we're gonna see a better performance. I think so too. So yeah, let's do power rankings quick. I have a feeling the Bears are not high. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, uh, the um, number one team uh, is the San Francisco Forty Niners. Okay. Uh, they moved up to number one after uh, the Chiefs lost, and. Um, uh, along with the uh, power rankings this week, uh, they identified which newcomer, be it rookie, off-season acquisition, or new coach on every team, uh, looked best in their debut, debut. And for the Niners, it was defensive tackle Javon Hargrave, who had three tackles, three pressures, and a sack in his first game. As a 33-year-old, I think. It's pretty good. So pretty good. As we're as we're going through this list, let's keep track of the players that the Bears could have signed. <laughs> well, that was one of them. Yep. And then the Eagles are the number two <laughs> team. I, I have a feeling I know who this is going to be. Who, who do you think is the standout player? Probably Jalen Carter. Jalen Carter with six pressures and a sack. Now, you know, I do got to <laughs> I do got to say, I, I still am I, I'm still not looking at that like we really missed out there because. One of the things that did come out right after the draft was how perfect of a team this was for him to go to. Because he has he, he already has a, a good friend there that was drafted last year. He already has he was he was being put into what is already a great defensive line. With veteran leaders. With veteran leaders. So, you know, at the same time, um, you know, putting him in our defensive line certainly wouldn't have been the same effect. Well, and just, uh, yeah, and the Bears, I, I agree, obviously. Like, he went to a perfect situation. Yeah. And, I mean, the Bears are kind I of... I mean, Javon Hargrave left, who was, like I said, I think he's 33, and they replaced him with a guy who's 22. Yeah. You know, so he went into a perfect spot. He would have been, like, a top three pick in the draft. Yeah. If not for the off-the-field issues. So. Not for the off-the-field. And I agree with at you. One, at one point, they were saying he was probably the best person in the draft. And, you know, I don't know. Maybe he... I just don't think he would have had the same impact with our defensive line around him. No, and that's something we should get into more as the season goes on. But 
And by the way, like as I make these jokes, I'm not saying the Bears should have signed Javon Hargrave and j- drafted Jalen. Like, <laughs> I, I understand why they passed on both those players, but it's just funny that like those are the top yeah. two on the list. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the first uh, NFC team, uh, the first NFC North team, is the Lions. Uh, they yeah. moved up from ten to seven. Uh, best debut performance was defensive back Brian Branch. Uh, former Alabama star, uh, he had a 50-yard uh, touchdown interception, or uh, interception for a touchdown. Um, the next, the next team on the list is, of course, the Cheese Balls, uh, who moved up from 20 all the way to 14, beating the lowly Bears, moved them up six spots. Okay. Uh, their best debut performance was their kicker. I didn't even realize they had a new kicker. All right. And that's how much I care about that. What about uh, Van Ness? He had a sack. But what, Van, what a, yeah, exactly. I actually think that was a bigger deal. Okay. Um, whoever wrote that, they gave it to the kicker and they won by 20 points. <laughs> right. All right. right. Uh, number 20 is the Vikings. They dropped five spots. Uh, yeah. Their best debut performance went to Jordan Addison. I still don't think it was smart um, using your first round pick on a wide receiver when you already have the best wide receiver in the NFL, uh, arguably the best skill player in the NFL. But um, he had four receptions for 61 yards and a touchdown, and they still lost. So I I don't know what you uh, gather from that. So, Jim, with our prediction. Well, I'm trying to think. I would have to put the Bears probably at 30th ahead of Arizona and ahead of Carolina, maybe. 29. Right. So you're so you're close. So the two teams, I, was I right about the two teams? Colts at 30. Okay. Texans at 31. Really? Okay. Cardinals at 32. Actually, actually I thought the Texans played pretty well. But. And man, that was uh, the, the, that's a heck uh, that's a heck of a group to be in front of. So yeah, I mean, good good for the Bears. Uh, the uh, how about who was the Bears uh, shining shining moment? I guess Shining star. by default, Roshan Johnson. Yeah, you're exactly right. Roshan Johnson was five rushes for 20 yards and a touchdown, <laughs> six receptions for 35 yards, and so, all I think in kind of garbage time, right? Yeah, it was uh, it was not good, but uh, and I, I like him to be fair. Yeah, and he he did. He played with a lot of energy, a lot of burst. Um, he almost broke off that really long run, uh, but got flipped uh, got flipped up, but. Uh, you know, I, I, I felt like, uh, for his first game, um, you know, he, he did well on a, on a team that didn't do well. Yeah. I like him a lot. And I, I just think there's like seven more players that I wish would have been <laughs> on this list than Roshan. Yeah. I, I think Darnell Wright is the one I would have liked to have heard the most about, but or he DJ, did the best out, out of a crappy offensive line. Or DJ Moore would have been nice. Yeah. DJ Moore. That would have, that would have been a good Tremaine Edmonds. <laughs> Tremaine oh, Edmonds. By the way, we didn't mention this and this is good. Oh wait, you really do have like eight other guys. Yeah. So. <laughs> Like, all should have been in front of him. <sighs> so, I mean, uh, props to Roshan. He was like the one player that played well. Yeah. So, uh, uh, on to uh, uh, on to the next. Um, yeah. So, do we, do you want to go around the division first, or do you want to do the Bears Bucks first? Let's do. Uh, let's do. Let's um, end with Bears Bucks. How about yeah. That? So, so we'll we'll go over to uh, we'll go over to our handy uh, pick 'em, and uh, well. Uh, the first game, of course, is tomorrow night, and uh, that's Vikings at Eagles. Ninety-two <laughs> percent of fans playing the game pick the Eagles to win. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so obviously, what everyone's going to remember is last year the Vikings went to Philly and got crushed. Yeah, I think I think they lost approximately seven hundred and ninety-three to three. Yeah. I'm only slightly exaggerating there. It's like never in the game. Um, Obviously, the Vikings lost a game where they, that they were supposed to win week one. I think that a lot of people really thought that they should handle the Bucks pretty easily, as did we. Yeah. And I just think that the Bucks did enough to hang around, and the Vikings kind of just didn't make any plays that they needed to make to distance themselves from kind of a crappy team that was on the road. So I think Philly didn't necessarily perform as well as people thought in week one either. Right. They were a little sluggish, but they, they did get the win against New England on the road. So yep. 
tough place to play, and they they pulled it out. So obviously the Eagles are much better than the Vikings. Uh, I know they have some injuries. The Vikings I know are going to be out without their starting center, which Jalen Carter against the Vikings backup center. <laughs> that that could just wreck the game right there. I don't know. I don't have a ton on this. I think the Eagles are pretty yeah, likely to win. They're just they're, um, they're, they're just better. a better team. Yeah, the Vikings. So. I mean, they could keep it close. I know the Eagles have a lot of injuries in their secondary, so obviously Justin Jefferson could go for three hundred yards, right? Like he's got that ability, but. I think pretty unlikely the Vikings go out there and win. I think they're just yeah, they're just overmatched. And you know, uh, as we talked about it last week, uh, Cousins actually had a pretty decent game again against not very good team. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we know what happens with Cousins usually when he plays teams that are uh, among the best uh, out there in prime time. Too. Yeah, it's not usually very good. Well, on Thursday night too is tough. I mean, yeah, you don't necessarily get enough practice time, so when you're coming off a loss, that's tough. I. I think the Eagles have a pretty easy time with the Seahawks one. and Lions. <laughs> well, so so fans have it eighty-seven to thirteen in favor of the Lions. This is an interesting one because I think like going into Week One, this point spread was around like two, and now I think it's up to like six, which makes sense, right? I mean, the uh, yeah. Lions go out and beat the Chiefs at Arrowhead and. Seahawks lose to like the Rams who are like the worst team imaginable but I mean like and the Lions we haven't gotten a chance to react to that so um two things are true right I mean for like good for them they went out to Arrowhead and won yeah that's really hard to do not many teams have done it the last couple years especially when Pat Mahomes is healthy also if the Chiefs receivers had a pulse in that game the Chiefs win by 14. Oh, man. They look just like Bears receivers. Like, I mean, Canarius <laughs> Tony played like the worst game I've ever seen a receiver play. So <laughs> Awful. And, and that's not even meant to be a shot at the Lions. It's just the, the Chiefs pissed away the game. Yeah. Right? So And the Lions took advantage. Good for them. A lot of Lions teams in the past wouldn't have. But They were missing two of the best players in the NFL. That too. And both of those players are going to be back this yeah. week. I still think the Lions are pretty good. I, I think they should win this game. I, mean, I do, too. They, they should have a good home field. Seattle, I mean, just looked atrocious in yeah. one. So we'll, we'll see if they bounce back at all. I know they've got some injuries on the O-line. and uh, Geno Smith, 16 of 26 for 112 yards and a touchdown. And we both thought now he that was gonna, is some vintage Geno Smith. Yeah, we both thought he was going to play well, too. I mean, I don't know. This is going to be an interesting one to watch because I think the Lions are probably a little overhyped after that week one. I think the Seattle people probably just think are in the toilet, and I think they're probably a little better than that. So, I don't know. I mean, I I think the the Lions should win. The Lions, I think, are the better team. I I don't necessarily know that they're a touchdown better, like the point spread says, but I'm also not, like, rushing out to bet the Seahawks after their performance in week one. So that'll be a fun one to watch. And uh, then we have uh, the Packers, the Cheese Balls, and where's their where's their game? Okay, right here. They play in Atlanta, right? Matchup predictor for uh, this isn't the fans. This is the analytics. Matchup predictor: Green Bay forty-eight, Falcons fifty-one point five. What? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I agree. I, but I, the fans have it 65 to Green Bay, 35 to to Falcons. I don't see I, I as as I showed in our quarterback picks, um I think Love has another another really good game. Yeah. Um I expect him to throw for either two or three touchdowns. Um I don't think they have uh I think that uh Atlanta's getting way overhyped here. Um, Green Bay's defense, run defense against us was just, it was like a stone wall. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. I, I think that Atlanta played well in week one. They were also playing against one of the worst teams in the league. They were playing against a terrible team. Like the Panthers are awful. So, I, I, and, and Bryce Young had an awful game. Yeah, I mean, he's not looked good in the preseason either. He's not, he's got nothing to work with. So it's just going to take time for him. His receivers suck. His line sucks. The, the Falcons, I think, are okay. I just think Green Bay is better. And I, I think if Ritter gets in a situation where he's behind and he actually needs to make real throws to get yeah. his team back in the game, I don't know that he's going to do that. So 
I think I'm siding with Love. I mean, we, we saw him go on the road and win already. The Falcons are a step up compared to the Bears, I think, but I don't know that it's like a huge step up. No. Nah. So I I like the Packers. Maybe a quarter step up. Yeah, I don't <laughs> I, I don't I don't think the Falcons are, are as good as a lot of people seem to think they are. So Algier is not gonna have uh, 15 carries, 75 yards, and two touchdowns. That's not going to happen. Well, it's just like it's going to be a different game because if the Packers can go down there and score, which I think they're probably going to be able to do, the Falcons can't run it as, as much, right? I mean, they, they've, they're they going to have to throw at some point here, and I just don't think Ritter can do that. I mean, he was not good. No. Uh, I, his completion percentage was great, but they were all short passes, right? Yeah, so, 115 yards. So this is going to be a much tougher test for him compared to Carolina. I I think I like the Packers here. Yeah, uh, I, I I would be shocked if the Packers lose this game. I, I foresee the game being very similar to playing Chicago. They just uh, their their uh, offensive line and defensive line are very good, um, and certainly much better than Atlanta's. So uh, I think we're good there. Um, so that brings us to the Bears uh, now. Uh, fans have it 61-39 in favor of the Bucks, and the matchup predictor for analytics has it 52-48 for the, for, uh, the Bucks. Which I think is about right. I can't remember before week one if, I think the Bears were favored in this game, or maybe small underdogs, so, I don't know, I... I'm kind of expecting a bit of a bounce back. Like, I still think Tampa... Tampa kind of, Bay by two and a half. Like, I still think Tampa kind of stinks. Yeah, I don't think they're good either. I, I think them beating the Vikings says more about the Vikings. And this is... There's a reason this is Baker Mayfield's eighth team. Yeah, and the the Bucks do have a good defense. So, the Bears are going to have to be much crisper on offense because I think the Bucks defense might even be a little better than the Packers. I mean, they got some good players, especially on the line. So... The Bears are going to have to... It's not like they're going to be able to stumble down there and are just going to have everything get fixed magically because Tampa Bay's defense still is pretty good, but I think Baker's bad. I, I didn't. I wasn't that impressed watching him on Sunday. The Vikings let him hang around. And the thing about Baker is if you let him hang around, like he's, he's kind of a gamer, right? Like We've seen that in his career. When he gets into big moments, he really steps his game up. So yeah. I... I think that if the Bears can go down and be a little better on offense and maybe kind of distance themselves in this game a little bit, then maybe it, it becomes kind of a game where Baker just kind of reverts back to what we all think he is, which is not a very good quarterback. But <laughs> if you let him hang around and if the offense goes down there and has six points at halftime again, if you let him hang around, he can beat you. So I'm expecting a bounce back from the Bears. I don't think that they're like one of the worst teams in the league. So what Justin Field, uh, so Justin Fields uh, was twenty four of thirty seven for sixty five percent, and threw a touchdown, threw a pick, had uh, two hundred sixteen yards. Uh, Mayfield was twenty one of thirty four. For 62%, 61.8, uh, he threw for 173 yards and two touchdowns. Um, so those numbers are kind of similar. Yeah, I think. Uh, uh, but I, I mean, but Fields actually has a little bit of the edge. There. Well, yeah, and Packers defense I think is better than the Vikings. Yeah, like I think Baker stinks. I, I was watching the first half of that game. I, I didn't watch the second half as closely. I don't think he's good. I, I think the Vikings let him hang around, and he did enough to beat them. But I, I think the defense can do a little bit more against him down in Tampa. It's also not going to be a, like a super hot game, I think, which is nice. Like sometimes you go down there and it's like a hundred degrees, and they're dope. It's top. Oh no, they're, they're outside. Not, they're open. I don't know. I, 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 I doesn't this kind of feel like a must-win game for the Bears? A yes. Little bit? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I agree there. Uh, there's a. Eberflus should should be telling that team uh, what we did last week was unacceptable. We've talked about it. We got to move on. We have to win this game. They kind of do because you know what's coming in week three. 
You gotta yeah. Go, you're going to Arrowhead. And, and that's a loss. And that's probably, you know, the 99% chance that that's a loss. So you don't want to start on 3. Yeah. But um, just for the self respect of the team, they have to come out and look better than that. And. If they don't let Fields start throwing the ball, I don't care whether he throws interceptions. We're not going to know whether he can throw the ball downfield until until we start throwing the ball downfield. That's kind of what I was thinking too. Like I wouldn't care if he has a season like Jameis Winston did a couple years ago, right? When he threw for like a million touchdowns and a million interceptions, like he, he threw for over five thousand yards though. Like let him take some shots and by the way like i don't even know if they're not letting him do it I, he might just not be doing it for whatever reason but get that figured out yeah i don't we you know we're not privy to that right but um but Eberflus and getsy and fields need to figure that out and start making and and make drastic changes right now and and, and get on the same page because what they did last week is just not acceptable. Yeah, it's got to turn around. Like I said, I mean, we've seen week one clunkers before across the NFL. So I, I'm giving them something of the benefit of the doubt. Not a full benefit of the doubt, <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm holding out hope that it'll look a whole lot better down in Tampa. And if, We'll give them half benefit of the doubt. And if it doesn't, right? Like, it, believe me, if they go down there and lose to Tampa... And the first three games of the year are blowout at home versus Jordan Love, lost to Baker Mayfield, and then likely blowout to Kansas City. Like, there's, Not acceptable. There's going to be conversations at that point happening about change at coach, yeah, change at coordinator, change at quarterback. Like yeah. Those conversations are going to start if this team starts off 0-3 and looks terrible doing it. So... I, I don't know. I'm holding out some hope. I had hope going into the year that this team would be at least okay. You've already lost one game that I thought was winnable. If you lose a second one that I think is winnable, then this thing starts to look like it's going in the toilet really fast. So, yeah. I don't know. We're going to see. I, I, my gut says they go down there and win. Maybe that's just me being an optimist because I had high hopes going into the year. But I, I think this Bucks team is not very good. I think Baker stinks. I, I think the Bears have enough to go down there and get a win here. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I think the Bears uh, bounce back here. Um, the big thing, I, I think the key of the game is um, getting pressure on Baker Mayfield and uh, doubling uh, Mike Evans. Yeah. Uh, Mike Evans was, he was the one thing that stood out to me about that game. He's still really good. He's still really good. And he's playing and, for a new contract uh, now. You know, he, he's definitely one of those guys that if you can get it in the vicinity of him, he's going to take that ball. So, um, uh, but, uh, yeah, they, uh, it was a, a dumpster fire. And they, they can't put that kind of product out there. I, I, I don't care that they're only bouncing back from, from three wins. Uh, they, they Poles knows and Eberflus knows, and I'm sure Justin Fields is well aware that we as the fans expect more than that, and they've got to produce more. Yeah, I think that's right. I, I think that we're going to learn a lot about the coaching staff this week because these guys should be coming out absolutely on fire on Sunday trying to show the world that they're better than the product they put out there against the Packers. If they come out flat or lethargic or not ready to play again, then I think it's time for some serious questions about what's going on here. So I, I hope I, I have hope for one more week. <laughs> if it's bad this week, then the conversation is going to start having a whole different tone. Oof. All right. So, oh, by the way, Kyler Gordon it sounds like he's not going to play, so that yeah. that that hurts. Because broken hand, I was wondering if he if they might be saying you know he'll play with a club, but we'll see. I mean, Uberflus didn't rule it out today. He didn't say he's going on IR, so there's there's a chance, I guess. Maybe they're still evaluating. I mean, he, he he's an important piece, and I thought he was actually okay on Sunday. But yeah, Evans we just talked about, and Godwin is also a, a really good weapon there. So this Tampa team does have some decent receivers. You want to be at full strength in the secondary, so we'll see. Um, all right, so last segment we're going to do, we uh, 
are going to do our Survivor segment again. We, yep. we survived week one with Washington. survived. With Washington, so great pick. A lot of people did not. Yeah, no, they didn't. A quarter of our pool is already dead. So great pick by you with Washington. It was looking a little hairy, but they ended up pulling out that victory against just the dreadful Cardinals. And <laughs> now we don't ever have to worry about them again because we can't pick them again. So <laughs> moved into week two. There's some larger spreads in the NFL. I'm just going to read through them quick, and we'll talk about which ones sound interesting. So... Thursday night, Philly is a six-point favorite of the Vikings. Sunday, Buffalo, nine-and-a-half over Vegas. Detroit, five-and-a-half over Seattle. Uh, Ram, or, uh, 49ers, eight-point favorites on the road against mm-hmm. the Rams. Cowboys, nine-point favorites against the Jets now that Aaron Rodgers is out. And then the Giants are five-and-a-half-point favorites on the road at the Cardinals. So I, I know the couple I'm interested in, in but any of those... Lay it on me. Any of those stand out to you? You give it to me first. Well, I find it really hard to think the Vikings are going to go out to Philly and win this game. No. I, 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 don't, I don't see it happen. I think Philly is a pretty safe pick. I, the only hesitation I have is sometimes I, I try to avoid. They had they had trouble handling the Buccaneers' front line. Yeah, they did, and I, I do sometimes hesitate to go Thursday night games in this kind of format just because sometimes weird things do happen. But I, I think that's a pretty safe one. I just can't see it happening. Ah, got the Bills and Raiders. I mean, the Raiders I think stink, but I think the Bills might stink a little too. Yeah, I don't know about them. Um... Uh, you know, uh, they that was certainly um, uh, a, uh, a game that, uh, you know, a lot of people saw going a, a different way. Um, the Bills certainly did not look like Super Bowl contenders, uh, which they supposedly are one of the best teams in the NFL. Certainly didn't come close to looking like that. No, so... But they are playing the Raiders, who are awful. In Buffalo, and then the Cowboys, right? I mean... Against Zach Wilson, uh, nine-point favorites at home. I, I mean, Zach Wilson stinks. So, uh, of those three, I guess, what would be your preference? Yeah. Um, I'm really strong about Philadelphia. It's hard um, not to push that button. It's It really is uh, because, um, because Minnesota did so awful there. And, you know... Um, Philadelphia, while they weren't uh, they weren't spectacular in their win, um, Hertz numbers were were good. Uh, you know they they do have their own star receiver in 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 uh, AJ Brown, um, and their defensive line is you know just stout. Now oh, I'm reading that Fletcher Cox is uh, questionable. Um, and not having him on the field, but, um, you know, uh, they, the only thing is, is that they are coming off a a game against a team that I don't think is very good in new England. Um, boy, it's a, you know, the thing is, is this is where you start second guessing things. Uh, bills. Um, that was the other one that you liked, right? Yeah, I think so. I don't know. I gosh, the Bills have such a good home field advantage. Yeah, what do you um and this is kind of a must win for them too. I mean, they already coughed up a game that they should have won in the AFC and to a division rival. And, and we know how competitive their division and conferences. Uh Man. Uh The one that stood out to me first was the Bills. I got. I'm a little spooked with what Josh Allen did on Monday Night Football. I don't want to do the Cowboys. I just think the Jets' defense is really good, and I know Zach Wilson's bad, but the Jets could pick off Dak a couple times and create some turnovers and kind of squeak out a weird game. I mean, Mike McCarthy is just somebody that I don't want to put my trust in. <laughs> yeah. Uh. But um, Pollard is really good. Yeah, he is. Um, I think there's going to be other spots to use the Cowboys. The, the Jets, like, their roster's so good, and we just, like, don't know with Wilson. Boy, and, nine is a big number. Yeah, it is. And 
is it? I mean, Zach Wilson was the second overall pick. Maybe he was helped a little bit this off season by getting demoted to backup. I, I just, I, I'd rather wait to learn more about what they're going to look like without Rodgers. I mean, we could do the Niners too against the Rams. I hate going against McVay, but <laughs> that Niners team looks really good. Uh, I think we should do either the Philadelphia game or the Niners game. Okay. I think we should do the Philadelphia game. Yeah, if if I have to choose between going against McVeigh or going against Kevin O'Connell, I think I'm choosing Kevin O'Connell. They just were really not impressive at all at home. Um, now, you know, they it, it could be said that they're kind of in a must-win situation too. Um, oh, this one's interesting though. Yeah, but we saw last year with that. What them. about the Chargers versus the Titans? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a clear mismatch in yeah. talent, but that's exactly the kind of game the Chargers lose all the time. That 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 is true on the road, and and I think Brandon Staley is just terrible. So, so I don't want to do that. <laughs> okay, so what do you think? I think yeah, I think Philly is. We go way, with Philly. I think they're way better. I think. And we know, like, we've seen this with the Vikings. I mean, they, they had must-win games last year. Did they, like, really ever rise to the occasion? No. Like. The only one that they did was the Buffalo game. Which you could, Which was a fluke. Like, you could play those last two minutes probably a million more times, and I'm not sure they win another time. Yeah. So, I like Philly. I think Philly, yeah, it, it maybe got some rust out of the, uh, out of the way week one because they didn't really do much in the preseason. I don't think the Vikings are good. I'd be really surprised if the Vikings go out there and win. So we we set. Yeah. All right. It's so going. We're, we're going with Philadelphia over over Purple Dorks and J- Jalen Carter against the backup center. Jalen Carter is going to crush Kirk Cousins. All right. That's going in. So there we go. Yeah, Jalen Carter with what, at least one sack. We got our pick for this week. If if we win, we're going to keep going. And if we lose, you won't have to listen to this segment. <laughs> <laughs> but I like it. I think we're going to win this one. I, I, I don't have a Even though that was a long process, I, I feel good about that pick. And we uh, we like the Bears this week. Yeah, we do. I, I actually have bet them already. I didn't bet them to win. I bet them at plus three. I think it's down to two and a half now. Um, I think that... We're going to find out a lot. I, I, I th- If they go down there and lose this week, then I think we might be talking about just one of the worst teams in football again. Yep. I don't think they're that. I think they did improve last year. I think Tampa is bad. And I think that a lot of people are overreacting to week one on, on both sides, right? I mean, the Bears looked awful. Tampa yeah. Bay won a game on the road. But if I think about how I viewed these two teams a week ago... I would have said the Bears would win. So I still think they're going to. If they don't, got to adjust my ratings on them. But I have faith for one more week, like I said. <laughs> All right. That's it for this week. Uh, thanks for listening. And uh, check us out at Bears underscore scat. Yeah, on Twitter. And by the way, uh, we forgot to mention this on last X. week. X. Yeah, on X. That's right. <laughs> forgot to mention this last week, too. Uh, if you're listening and you haven't heard... Oxcart is the new Bears bar in St. Paul. Oh, right. It's right by Allery's. We all hung out there on Sunday. It's a fun time. Uh, so if Yeah, you, come if, on if, over. If it's a noon game this week, so yeah. uh, there should be a decent crowd there. I'll be there. Uh, the staff did a really nice job of... Uh, uh, of uh, hitting up, uh, of, of being there for everybody. So um, come see us at Oxcart. Yeah, and bear it down. down. Let's, let's hope for a win. <laughs>